This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone, it's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats, and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening. Or watching. Or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with my friend, Simon Townley. How you doing, mate? Very good, thank you very much. I'm sorry already about my voice. I've got a bit of a croaky voice this morning. And you will notice, I didn't say good friend. It's your punishment for not being on brand. Oh, no, sorry. It's because I'm meant to be working. Oh, yeah? Yeah, come on to do this and then go back. Fair enough, sorry about that. Um, how are you, <laughs> mate? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm all good. i am uh, got my Starbucks, dropped this stuff off at work for him to crack on, and then I'm back here. Ready, ready to go. Yeah. I've already had my Starbucks. Are you still on the uh, on the old cappuccino? That reminds me, I owe Johnny Tate, Kieran Phillips, and Jared Warren a coffee, because we had our best ever stream again in terms of stars uh, for the Wolves game, mainly thanks to Jess Catterall, who just sent a million stars pretty much. Obviously not a million, else I'd be in Barbados. Um, but sent hundreds and hundreds of stars, just kept constantly sending them and, and got us over the line. And obviously other people were sending them as well. So shout out to everybody who sent them. Um, but yeah, I owe them three a coffee, but I haven't seen him yet. So I'm going to end up eventually like, owing people noise. three or four coffees. Because at the end, I'll be like, yeah, we'll do it again. I'll get you. And Johnny will be like, fuck off, Joe. You still owe me one from last time. I'll get it you, Johnny. I promise. Kieran, I'll get it. I know Kieran watches this. I'm not sure Johnny does. Um, Jared, I think, listens. Um, so I will get the coffee to you at some point, boys. Yeah, um, but thank you to everybody that um, that helped us out with that and got us over the line. Um, but oh, uh, you're releasing this early, are you? Well, I was going to say, and I'll just move my laptop back because it's cutting my head off. There we go. Um, I was going to say, um, yeah, obviously we do now have a Patreon. Um, I'll quickly put a banner a up Patreon? there for you at the bottom. Uh, a Patreon is um, sort of like an account, so you'll go to patreon.com forward slash turfcast as you can see at the bottom of your screen there thank you to all the people that have already signed up i think we had seven or eight sign ups 
uh, on day one. Um, and then one more a couple of days after. Um, shout out to Quilter. He's our only overseas uh, Patreon subscriber at the minute. And basically what it is, you go to Patreon, you pay a small subscription fee. Uh, at the minute, it's £3 um, per month. Um, but there will be more added to that. At the minute, it's just a case of you're subscribing to the Turfcast Patreon just to show your support at the minute. And what we're going to do to reward you for that is something that I haven't already announced to the people that have already signed up um, is release the podcast early. So this podcast will be out within the next, what, hour and a half? Because it doesn't take long to edit. It's just a top and tail job, unless we end up messing up, which we don't anymore. Um, it's just a top and tail job with a video, sort of like an in intro at the beginning, an outro at the end. Um, so yeah, it will be on Patreon soon. So if you haven't already and you're listening to this on Thursday and you're like, oh, I didn't know about that. I want to, I want to get on the Patreon and, uh, and listen to the, the podcast early, then go to patreon.com forward slash turfcast uh, and, and you can find it. I will give a special shout out there to Adam Rowland, who drove 250 miles last night to get home. Um, uh, he's done like a thousand miles in a week or something stupid. Um, and he was saying, oh, I ain't even got a fucking podcast to listen to on my own because it's not out yet. Well. Today, my friend, you could get it early, three quid. There you go, Adam. Just give me your money <laughs> and you can have it. Um, but no, in all seriousness, at the minute, it is just a case of, yeah, uh, basically we set it up because um, people were sending us stars on Facebook, but some people didn't want to because well, with uh, how stars work on Facebook, I'm sure you all know by now, you'll pay £6 and you'll get 300 stars. Now, if you send me them 300 stars, I get 1p per star. Just a little bit less, actually, because it's one cent per star. So it's like... 0.8p per star, um, where some people were saying that they didn't really want to send Facebook any money because Zuckerberg's got enough and, and and stuff like that. So, But if you go to Patreon, like, I think if we get £3 per month off you, I think we, we actually take all about that like, 2 So you get a lot more and you're not giving your money to Zuckerberg. So that's why we set it up. And at the minute, like I said, it is just a show your support to Turfcast thing. But next season... Um, it will definitely be like there'll be shows that are only released on Patreon, uh, things like that, and there'll be um, you know just stuff like that really. And there, there'll be certain tiers. There's 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 only one tier available at the minute. There will be three or four tiers eventually, um, where you get more things the higher up the tier list you go, um, and potentially even there'll be a tier list, uh, sort of like a, a tier list at the end where you can even potentially come on the shows and things like that. So. Yeah, we finally got it set up. Thank you to uh, the people that were sort of like pushing us into it and stuff. But but yeah, it is there now. So if you want to show your support to Turfcast by signing up to patreon.com slash Turfcast, you can. And for the rest of this season, if me and Simon are able to get a time where we can actually do the podcast together, which knowing that we are going to release it earlier, it's something we'll you know, consciously make an effort to do now. So it will happen every single podcast, really. Um, you can watch the podcast um, early uh, by signing up to Patreon. So, so yeah. That's how you can um, how you can get on it, but it's a good idea. So thank you to the guy that pushed me onto it. And I know it's something you've been sort of like asking us to do for a while, Simon. But it was always something I wanted to do, but I wanted to wait until I actually had you know content to put out there. But because people people who wanted to subscribe recently been pushing me towards it, I've just done it anyway. Well, this is the thing. I think we diminish what the content is. The content is here. It's already being put out there, isn't it? So fair play, well done, uh, and thanks to everyone who's supporting. Yeah, no worries. Um, and yeah, the content is there. Like nobody creates as much Burnley FC content than us, other than the actual official channel. But that's their jobs. Um, so yeah. Uh, and part another another big part of the reason why we are where we are is yeah, you are is um, Pitch Sports. If you don't already, uh, they are our sponsors. Big shout out to Pitch Sport. It's been about two years now they've been supporting us. Around two years around this mark now. So big shout out to Pitch Sport. If you haven't already, please go and download the app. Um, the latest fan time has been uploaded and the questions and the answers have been coming in. So we'll, we'll have a look at that later uh, and then we'll get next week's up in the next couple of days as well. Um, but yeah, if you don't already know what it is, you can speak in a minute, Simon. Um, it's, it's sort of like a fan hub app where you go on, you chat to fans of Burnley Football Club, you chat to fans of other clubs and things like that, predict your lineup, give your responses to matches and things like that. Simon, you look like you want to say something. You should do a Patreon thing where if you're a patron you get like a special shout out I've, I've listened to another podcast that does that and they get to ask their own questions on there and things like that so they get like special privileges yeah well that's basically that will be what when i was saying like later on you could get even come on the show like if if you get if you pay a certain if you're on a certain level um then yeah there'll be people on there that if you get like tier four or whatever probably not tier four because that'd be a bit expensive not um, clearing off the watch along they're making pay to come back on it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how do I check? I'll, I'll give everybody a shout out then. How do I? Here we go. All right then. I'm going to give a shout out to all the patrons. So far, we have seven. The first person to sign up was Tom G. Shout out to Tom. He he was the guy that was he was the guy that forced us to do it. Well, not forced us. He was the guy that kept asking us to do it. So shout out to Tom G. A big thank you for that. Uh, Laura Briggs. Shout out to Laura. Laura's the one that's always on the watch along. Um, chatting to us and that. Then we have Nathan Smith, Neil Crosdale, Dominic Kelly, Milkman Mark Howarth, and as already mentioned, Quilter DiBarra, um, who is our only overseas uh, subscriber at the minute. But we're expecting that to change soon. We know we have a lot of American fans and a lot of New Zealand clarets and stuff that listen. Um, so, yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's just a thing. It's not necessary. You don't have to do it, obviously, um, but it'd be greatly appreciated if you do. Uh, and it's an alternative to stars as well if, if people don't want to send stars. So, uh, big shout out to everyone that supported us so far. And yeah, any new subscribers, there you go. That's one that Simon can have. Um, you'll get a shout out on the podcast as well as getting the podcast early. So, so yeah, anyway, that's that's 10 minutes, well, about eight minutes of shite. I know some people don't like it when we just digress for the first uh, eight minutes, but we've done it anyway. Uh, we've got to get it all in. We've got to get the housekeeping in. But let's get on to the football then. Um, and you might notice a little bit of an upturn in our voices this week. And that's because we're obviously going to discuss um, the big win at Molyneux this the weekend. as. Yeah, the Chris Wood show, um, which has basically steered as clear of relegation, let's be honest. Um, Burnley nil, Wolves four. Sam, Burnley nil, Wolves four. No, definitely not. Wolves nil, Burnley four. Simon, your thoughts? <clears throat> well, do you know what? I, would, I went on to that West Ham thing and they asked me my opinion on like, you know, the... Yeah, you went on a West Ham podcast, uh, didn't you? And they asked me this and I basically said the same thing on there. It's like the performances that we've put in against Southampton, against Newcastle... Didn't and against Man United didn't warrant three defeats. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's like, you look at the Southampton game. Were we two 0 up and lost it? Yeah, we were two 0 up. Two 0 up inside, inside what 23, 24, 25 minutes, and then and we, it was two two at half time. We, exactly. we didn't even we, get to half time in, in the lead, and we lost it. Newcastle. It was a simple substitution and a change of tactics that absolutely shifted momentum. Saint Maximin and uh, Callum Wilson come on, and the game was changed. Man United, a deflected shot that hit the heel of someone. I think it was um, Charlie Taylor. Oh, maybe. oh, it might have been. It's one of the fullbacks, I think. Yeah. And uh, it went in. And then if it weren't for that, it wouldn't have been 3 1. And I said that to them. I said, but Wolves was a similar performance, but the complete polar opposite in the look. We were getting all the bounces, we were getting all the movement falling our way. Uh, and everything just clicked. And it, it's happened in the previous games, but then we've had the luck go against us or there was yeah. heads dropped for five minutes, whatever. Or they've had a, a super sub. But it was just everything perfect. Everything fell into place. Lawton got an assist. Chris Wood got an at-trick and an assist. Um, defensively, we, we were sound throughout. Yeah. They never looked like threatening us. Nick Pope had one, one or two half saves, we'll say. Um, there was, was a deflected one, weren't there? That was the only save where I thought, yeah, he needed to make yeah. that save. I think it yeah. was 2-0 at the time, and, it, and he got down quite well. And that would have just been, again, that would have just been the typical sort of look, wouldn't it? Similar to the Man United game, where it's deflected and gone in. I'd have been fuming, but great save from Nick. And I think, I think I, I don't think Bailey's done anything wrong, but I think no. that's the sort of thing we've missed. That's yeah. the sort of thing we've missed. Nick, Nick getting think. down and being able to make them saves. Who knows, he might have been able to make the save against Man United, but I'm not going to sit here and criticise Bailey. I don't think he's done anything wrong. But I think Nick showed us what we have missed recently. Absolutely, yeah. And then, like I said, all the luck were falling. But going back to the basic of it, of, of the sort of analysis of the game, Chris Wood's first thing. I mean, he's just got this confidence and it's oozing out of him. He's not just chopping once and hitting it as yeah. fast as he can. How many times have we said on this round. podcast that Chris Wood is such a confidence player? It's I don't know why people get on his back. It clearly makes it 50 times worse because people forget that these people do see the stuff you put on social media. Yeah, they they might not be like Rich Harlison and, and respond to it like, all, like he does every single week, but they're clearly seeing it, whether it's mates screenshotting it and sending them or they check it out themselves or whatever, they're obviously going to see it. And that's going to make them worse. Chris Wood is such a confidence player. And when he was playing poor earlier in the season, you could just see he was just so devoid of confidence. And there are these sort of chances where you just think he, he would score them usually. But now it is so good to see him back to his best. And that's because he's got his confidence back. And I'm I'm, I'm expecting him to score again against West Ham because he's so full of confidence at the minute. Well, the West Ham podcast said the same thing. They said they're expecting him to score. He usually scores against them. They'd have him in a heartbeat. 
Uh, and it's good to see him getting the recognition, not just from Burnley fans this week, but from the whole Premier League. Because yeah. we looked at what was that stat? I can't remember the the website that showed it, but of the strikers with an average of thirty shots or more. Yeah, a minimum of thirty shots or more. Thirty shots. Apologies. He's got the highest ratio of shots on target, uh, and possibly. And when you look at the chances that we create, they're never really full blown chances. They're half chances. Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I was quite surprised to see that because yeah, not because I, I don't think he's got the ability. But because he's had he had a poor first half of the season, so I thought he probably won't be anywhere near that. But it goes to show that maybe he has been a little bit unlucky in some. Um, they're obviously the, the header. Uh, I can't remember who the header was against. So there's been some where you think, oh come on, would you better than that? Um, but yeah, it just goes to show that he has actually had a good season, and now he's got to ten goals again this season. So again, Blame. that just proves everything. So the, the, the only Premier League player in the last four years outside the top six, I think it was, to, to score ten plus goals. There's only a handful of Premier League players to score ten plus goals in the last four seasons consecutively. More sellers one, Harry Kane's another, you know, people like that. And then it's just Chris Wood on the end. So it just shows how good he is and how, how valuable he is. And it's good to see that this West Ham team, obviously they're knocking on the door of the Champions League, could even qualify for the Champions League. And they're saying they would have him in a heartbeat. I had a Leicester City fan on the podcast earlier in the season when we played them. He said he would have him in a heartbeat as backup for like Vardy and Ian Axel. Backup regardless, but still they'd have him. So why are Burnley fans constantly slating him and saying he's not good enough when you've got fans like West Ham and Leicester saying oh, he's good enough? Because no. he is good enough at the end of the day. And we've we've fought his corner so much on this podcast. And I'm so happy now that people are finally... Even the Wood haters, they've gone quiet. They're not. They, I don't think they've changed their mind. They've just gone quiet. But I don't understand why there's this big section of the fan base that dislike him when when he, when he when we've just said everything that, that we've said about him scoring 10 plus goals and things like that. He is valuable to this side, incredibly valuable. If we lost him, it'd be just as bad as losing Tarky or Port for me. Well, I'll go on to the Jack Cork, uh, coming back into the squad in a minute, but it's the same sort of people that whinge about people like Jack Cork. It's the same people that whinge about uh, someone, someone's head not being in the game or whatever. This is not or the case. They are simply there, and sometimes it's just not fucking working. Nothing, nothing to do with them. Um, but like you said about Chris Wood and people wanting him in a heartbeat, um, I think one of the questions I was asked was, you must be delighted with a striker like Chris Wood up top. I mean, Burnley fans are buzzing to have like, and I said, you know what? They're not, mate. He's probably one of the scapegoats that gets more yeah. criticism because he's offside three or four times a game. I said, I don't even think you're offside once in the Wolves game. Do you know what I mean? It's just some games it works, some games it doesn't. It's nothing to do with him personally. It's the same thing he's doing. Yeah. But he were on fire, mate. And, and fair play to him for getting all this accolade. I'm, I'm, it's good to see the narrative is positive about Burnley for once. Yeah, and it just shows how fickle fans are, doesn't it? Because before the Wolves game, we'd lost three, four in a row, whatever it were, three. Yeah. Um, and people were saying, you know, even murmurs of, oh, if Dash left, we won't miss him. You know, Wood's not good enough. Tarky's not interested. Ben Mee's not good enough because he, he made that mistake with uh, against Southampton. And now all of a sudden, the narrative's amazing. Like, well, we could be getting top 10 and things like that. I'm not criticising Burnley fans for being fickle. I'm just as fickle. I, I was looking over my shoulder before the Wolves game. Now I'm looking at thinking maybe even getting top 10 again. We're all fickle. I just think you need to channel it a bit better. Instead of slating players on social media, you just need to chill. It's just short-sighted behaviour. That's all it is. It's just you don't think of three, four games. You think of like the next game, and and that works in some aspects, but not necessarily when it's a negative aspect. And uh, yeah, we're, slating them has obviously not done them any favour. Maybe that break for Chris Wood with his little injury has yeah. done him. It seems it appears to have done him a world of good. Away I, think be, I think I remember a few games ago, um, more than a few to be fair, it was around sort of like December, January, more, when he was playing poor. I think me and you said, look, the best thing is now just to drop him for a little bit and, and let him have a rest. We never did that because probably because Dash knows how valuable he is, but now he's had that injury. He's had a sort of like a, an unplanned rest and he's come back firing all cylinders. So I think we'll spot on again. Go back to first couple of seasons in the Premier League when Ingsy were up front and he had that like nine games without a goal, I think it was at the beginning gone from top goal scorer for us and then uh, he got an injury come back and then had one of the best seasons he's probably had in the Premier League you know what I mean it's, it, yeah until this season probably yeah until this season yeah. but um, yeah it's, it, obviously like you say it's just short, uh, short sightedness I put my teeth back in I think people need to and I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are pretty you know well-headed or level-headed, so we're kind of preaching to the wrong people here. Um, but, yeah. Um, but you wanted to mention Jack Cork as well. I'll quickly mention yeah. it while you cough into your jacket. Um, it was fantastic, let's be honest. And, and and I know I've said a few times on this podcast that my favourite two would be Brownhill and Wester. I think at the minute it's got to be Cork and Wester. 
Um, Brownell has had a few quieter games. Um, he was put out on the right against Wolves and he didn't look as quiet this time. Um, but it, against United, against um, Newcastle and Southampton, I did think that Brownell had been quiet. It's, the, the midfield three, they midfield frustrate massive. me a little bit. Yeah, the midfield massive, they frustrate me a little bit because... You'll have Brownell and, and Wesley there, and the first couple of games they play together after a break and not playing together, they're amazing. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, these two are definitely the two. And then one of them will, will start playing badly, so he'll swap in Brownell with Cork, and then it's like, oh yeah, these two are amazing now. It's definitely these two. Can we not just have a consistent run of form with two of them in the middle and say, right, these two are, are our two? That's what I think's next. I think, yeah, Cork's come in, he's done well. He did well against Man United. He did even better against Wolves. Obviously, playing in a midfield four rather than a five with Brown out wide. He said a Brown in the middle. But now the next chapter is for Cork and Wester to prove that they can do it consistently. I know they've done it in the past, obviously, the Europa League season and things like that. But this season, it just tends to be that, and last season, it just tends to be that they come in, they play well for a couple of games, and then they go quiet again and the midfield can be bypassed too easily. And I think now Cork is coming. I'm hoping that Westy and Cork can now just have a run of games where we're like, yeah, these are the boys. Do you know what, though? You've pretty much like just nailed the... You know, you look at Man City, for example. I'm not comparing us in any stretch of the imagination, but how often do they play the same pairings of midfield, of strikers, of finger? You know, they might do two or three games and then you don't see them. They're not necessarily doing anything wrong, but is that rotational aspect that we don't have the thing that stops us burning out. Are the players necessarily playing worse or is it just that the it's a proven formula at the top of the table, especially, that you can, if you rotate, you keep a fresher, more active? And I think that maybe it's the rotational aspect that, that working in our favour at the minute. Yeah, that's just to show that maybe we do, obviously, I know we've all been saying it for years, that the squad just needs to be deeper. The squad isn't deep enough. It's far too thin. Um, Johnny Tate, who you'll know from the watch-along, um, he's always saying that... Um, the squad, we just need more investment in the squad and uh, and things like that. And I think the thing that a lot of us say that Johnny Tate says as well is the first eleven is a good eleven, but as soon mm. as you got some injuries, it's just not good enough. Um, yeah. And I think I think I completely agree with that. Whether it's the midfield, the strikers, or the defenders, because look at look at how we started the season at the back: Jimmy Dunn and Kevin Long against Leicester at centre back. No disrespect to them too, but that's not good enough playing a team that's second in the Premier League or wherever Leicester are at the minute, third or whatever. We're always going to get beat in them sort of games. You need a Ben Gibson, dare I say, uh, to come in and step in or, or, or one of these sort of players that's good enough but ain't going to get frustrated by being on the bench. Uh, and uh, Yeah, that's going to be difficult to find. So, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. Going, going into that Ben Gibson one, how unlucky is that scenario? Because he did a year on the bench, got yeah. pissed off, then went. Whereas if them injuries had come in that second season before he got pissed off, he'd have probably been keep fighting to keep his place in that squad. Uh, it could even be one of the top two. Exactly, yeah. So it's just an unfortunate situation for a player who believes he should be playing first-team football, which is exactly the mentality you want from your players. But again, it's just unlucky that them injuries didn't come at the time that we he was available to us. Yeah, well, he's got his chance at the Premier League next season and big shout-out to Norwich for that like 8 million quid. Um, but yeah, uh, let's just quickly, because I, I have got the game up um, and I know we've mentioned it, but that ball from, is it Louts right for the first? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And that, that's, that's, that's gone under the radar a little bit. I think that ball, because yeah, I've not I, seen I it mentioned on, that on Twitter. Off, off someone who said, I'm not, no disrespect to Burnley, but Louts is too good because he watched him at United and he watched him at that one and his, his whips and stuff. Yeah. When, when, when Louton's on, he's on. He's absolutely, he's been class this season as Loughton, but he's another one who's a scapegoat and he's still, he's still getting a little bit of shit. But I'm just watching it again. It starts with Loughton at right back, who pumps, it's not a, a long ball, ball, an absolute perfect pass up to Woody. Woody controls it, takes it around the defender, and then smashes it into the bottom corner. Now, Kieran said on the watch long that the keeper should be doing better there. I don't think the keeper has done anything wrong. The keeper's got every angle apart from one slight corner. And that's what you want your keeper to do. If your keeper gets beat at the near side, then that's when you've got to say, you'll know your lad's a keeper. Yeah, that's yeah. when you've got to say, you know, you can't be getting beat there. But he's closed everything down. There's only one postage stamp where Chris Wood can put that to score a goal. And that's exactly where he's put it. It's absolutely, everything about that goal is perfect. The only error that you could even pick out was, I think it was Bolly. You know, who was the centre? Was it Bolly? Who jumped for the header and seems to misjudge it. But... um yeah, the, Chris Wood, mate, he, like I said, the confidence is oozing. He doesn't chop it once. Um, 
and then and then think right, I can't shoot. He keeps going and he's and he's, he's just driving at him. And uh, yeah, what a finish that was. Yeah, and then McNeil swings a ball in for the second one. It's bad defending again. This one from Wolves. I do, I do think as good as we were. Yeah, and it, well, that Traore with the bad pass, and then McNeil nicks yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. As I, I'll say what I said on the watch along again, you can keep your passing out from the back all fucking day. You, you won't see that sort of goal conceded by Burnley. No chance. But fantastic from Burnley. Good anticipation from McNeil. Fantastic cross and good movement from Woody as well. Tapping. Absolute tapping. Two minutes after, what, not long, 20-odd minutes again. Brilliant player. Shame he didn't put it in with his left. He'd have had a perfect hat-trick in the end. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, the next one, just watching it again now. McNeil and Taylor, Woody, McNeil with the ball in. Oh, that's the Vidra chance. That's not the goal. That's the Vidra chance. Um, dare I say Woody would have scored that? Possibly. Probably wouldn't have said that earlier in the season. Um, I think, though, I'm not criticising Vidra, I just think Woody's taller. Um, the next one, we're in McNeil corner. Nice and easy. Standard Burnley goal, that really, isn't it? Yeah. Or a Westy corner, sorry. It was a Westy corner. Yeah, uh, Westy corner. It, if it, to be fair, uh, terrible defending because if Chris Wood didn't put it in, you'd imagine Tarky had put it in behind him if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, 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 you're right there. I'm just seeing the replay. Tarky's queuing up behind him. I bet Tarky were livid. But yeah, Atrick and absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like you say, two right footer goals and a header. So he's just, just that one away from um, a perfect Atrick. Yeah, great, great header, great movement. Um, to be fair, that's a great movement. I mean, the other two goals, but the actual header one, it was, it was just stood still, mate, yeah, and it hit him. Yeah, well, he's got, he's got to lose his man, hasn't he? Let's yeah. be honest, he's still got to lose his man. Um, and then there's the fourth goal as well, which, unfortunately for Woody, is probably the best of the lot, but Woody puts it on an absolute plate for him. And again, it's, it's bad defending. Woody picks it up. Who is that? That's Westy who breaks the play down, Yeah, passes it to Woody. Woody skins it. Oh, no, that's a Woody chance. Talking shit. I wish you'd just show the fucking goals. <laughs> um, but again, though, good play in Burnley breaking it down in the middle. Yeah. We uh, man, we we bullied them and um, old Burnley player and friend of the podcast. I know you've interviewed him. David Jones rang me before the Wolves game because he was doing something for Wolves, um, like a match analysis before the game. Oh, he's so, a yeah. former Wolves player as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So they were asking me about like Burnley at the minute, and I said, honestly, mate, we'll score today because they're playing three at the back against a team that physically we seem to. They don't seem to like our yeah, presence. We, we seem to have their number at the minute, don't we? We tend He's, to have a good record against Wolves at the minute. And I brought up the Pedence thing. And, I, and he, he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was literally nothing that you were whinging about. And I said, yeah, exactly. I said, but it was the physicality of the game that they didn't enjoy. And I said, I dare say we'll score today. Um, it's just whether we can keep them out with Triores and, and the like. But uh, perfect. Yeah, and obviously I was just saying then that they lost the play in the build-up to the fourth goal. Uh, and it was the wrong comment to make because it wasn't the fourth goal it was just a shot but they did Wolves did have the ball uh, in the build up to the fourth goal and Jay Rodriguez nicks it off one of their players and then passes it on to Woody who then Wood passes Wood it on to West Woody smash straight into the bins absolute again they just they were very very poor at the back Wolves let's be honest and whether it's I think I think the difference is here it wasn't the physicality of Burnley that they couldn't handle. It was the high press. We were playing a perfect mm. high press and we were just constantly at them. We didn't let them settle on the ball. And that was obviously a conscious decision because we don't normally do that. We normally like to sit back and that tends to be the narrative of Burnley two defensive to sit back, blah, blah, blah. This game, there's been a few games where you, you can look at the high press that Burnley have and say, we don't sit back, that's proof. This game, Palace game, Everton game, and even a little bit the Liverpool game, but we didn't do it for the entire game that half. Uh, we did sort of like settle. But for them three games especially... It was just constant high pressure, and all three of them press, not pressure. Um, all three of them couldn't handle it, especially Palace and uh, and, and Wolves. Yeah, mate. I'd be very surprised if they don't have a shift in management at the end of the season because they've been horrific. Who's that, Wolves? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Nuno could be on his way to Tottenham. Uh, apparently, yeah. um, I can't see how he's he's got the credentials for that job. Looking at he's had one good season, and then this season he's been horrific. It's always the same, isn't it? Dash has had like seven good seasons at Burnley and he's still not anywhere near. I'm glad he isn't. Uh, that, that, actually, that brings it on nicely to the point. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Talksport had the debate. If you follow us on the social media channels, you will have seen the screen grab that said Sean Dash to Tottenham question mark. Um, but yeah, you actually watched that, didn't you? And you sent me the screenshot. So I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I watched it all. So basically, it was funny because 
how many times are we hearing about Daesh and links to job? And Joel's educated me on this, on the the uh, the narrative of the media being driven, driving what they want it to be. And at the minute, he's being linked with every single job. Now, what made me laugh about the Talksport one was because they never actually said they, what they did first was they listed the players that are shortlisted for the job. Scott Parker was on there. Um, Santos. If he gets it, it's an absolute scan, uh, absolute scandal. Scott Parker was on there. Santos was on there. Uh, uh, oh, Brendan Rogers was on there. And I can't remember the rest now. But the, the point of the story was Dash was not on this list. So the question was to Simon Jordan, why is Dash not on this list? What does Dash not deserve to be on these lists? Does the Dash not deserve a step up? You know, forgive me, Burnley fans, for saying it. But does the Dash a step up, isn't it? Does Dash not deserve a step up and a chance of success and all these things? So... They never actually said that he was at, go at any point going to Spurs. They're asking why is Sean Dash still at Burnley? Is it in another in a you know in a roundabout way? That's what they're asking. Um, and Simon Jordan said, "Well, if Scott Parker's mentioned, then there's no reason that Dash could not be mentioned." However, they've just got Mourinho out because he plays too defensive. Would Dash fit their brand of football? Oops. Uh, would Dash fit their brand of football? And um, to be fair. I'll ask you, but what do you think? Why is Dash not getting brought in? I, um, I've, it's one of them, like, I don't actually, I can understand why he's not on the Tottenham shortlist because, like you said, they're going to go for world-class managers who have proven it at the top level. So they're going to go for your Pochers, your Mourinho's uh, and things like that. Having said that, when they went for Poch, he wasn't guaranteed at the top level. He got him from Southampton. So maybe they'll go down that route again. I just feel like your team's like your top, your big six, not your top six anymore because, they're not the top six, but they're still the big six somehow. Um, they're going to go for, for for managers that are have already got experience on the top level. They will be taking a gamble with Dash if they got Dash in, let's be fair, because he's only got experience at staying in the Premier League with Burnley and not having too much pressure on him. If he goes to somewhere like Spurs, there will be immediately be 50,000 more pressure on him to deliver. Not that they'd have that right, by the way, because they haven't won anything since, what, 1991? So it's it's... It's, but they will be because they're a bigger club. 2005 or something. Oh, um, did they? Right, League, okay. cup, League Cup, sorry, or something yeah, like it'd that. Be, it'd be, I, th I seem to remember a picture of him lifting Carling Cup or Worthington Cup, whatever it were back then. Yeah, I think it was like the Bale Realm 1 sort of area. Um, but yeah, no, they haven't They haven't got a right to demand this success. And I think Simon Jordan touched on that as well because like, they, they expect things, but yet they're nowhere near the expenditure of the other top six that we mentioned. You know, I looked at the wage bill that was posted over there. And they're half of what Man United and Man City are paying out in wages, but yet demand the same sort of accolades and, and, and to be fighting with them. Now, they are lucky, yeah? and I'm saying this because they found Deli Alley for 300 grand or something. I don't know what they spent on him. But they spent, found Deli Alley, who's ended up being an amazing player for him. I know he's not played this season. They got Harry Kane, who's come from their youth system. You know, they, they they had a really good squad a few years ago that's then moved on, but they're actually 11 now. Do you know what I mean? They've not actually spent that much money on it, but then they're demanding on being Champions League contenders. Yeah, I don't know where they got this this new sort of like found cockiness of how we are suddenly now the big part of the big six. I, I know people gave Arsenal banter because they're included in it, but you can you can understand why Arsenal are. They've won yeah. stuff. They've won Premier Leagues. They've won FA Cups. Tottenham have won absolutely sod all since the mid-2000s. They do not... The only thing that they've got that some other clubs don't, like Leicester, is a brand new, shiny, modern stadium. But the King Power Stadium's hardly a shithole, let's be honest. Leicester are in the, in the FA Cup final. They could end up winning something this season, whereas Tottenham won't. Leicester obviously won the Premier League a couple of seasons ago, two or three, four seasons ago, whatever it were. Um, so I don't understand why Tottenham... Are there other than the fact that they have a stadium? It's as simple as that. So they was asking this, and they basically said that they didn't have really a right to say what they believed they deserved the success. Um, and they were comparing like, could Chris Wood be the same sort of management style for Dash as Harry Kane? Could Dwight McNeil be the same sort of as Deli Ali? That were the comparisons that they brought in. Uh, and would he would he manage with them? But yeah, I don't like you just said them. I'm just looking now at their current squad and they've got Lacelso 28 million Regulon who's a great player to be fair 27 million and then it's Doherty 15 million 15 million 10 million I'm not going to read out all the names uh, Doherty million. were a weird sounding as well yeah um, 
that's their top sort of signings at recently. And yeah, I'm just not. I do you think another thing that goes in the favour is the fact that they have Harry Kane. All right, they didn't spend a lot of money on him in terms of. Yeah, they didn't spend a lot of money on him in terms of um, fees. Obviously, he came through the academy after being poached from Arsenal when he was a kid. Um, did he? Um, well, there you go. But um, but I think I think obviously that is a big asset, isn't it? Like they could sell him for 150 million quid, and, and then that's it. They could completely rebuild that side, which is what I personally think they should do. But that's a different debate. Um, he needs to go, man. He needs to go. Yeah, he, he needs to go for his own sake. I'm not saying Tottenham can do better. I, I like Harry Kane. I know he gets a lot I of like stick him, off yeah. off other fans because of the way he, you know, throws himself into challenge and stuff. But I like to see that. It's just Barnes, but with better technical ability for me. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I, I want to see him win titles, Harry Kane. I like him. He's like England's darling at the minute. And I'm, despite everything, and despite Southgate not picking any Burnley players and things like that, I'm still a big England fan. I still follow England. So I want to see the England captain win things at, at club level as well. Just before, I know we're not the Tottenham show, but can I just throw this into perspective here? They brought in a 1920 season. So before, obviously, the pandemic, they brought in Ndombele for 54 million. They brought in Bergwijn, who barely plays, but seems like a good player in, his, in respect, 27 million. And then this is the more shocking one than Ndombele. Ryan Sessegnong, 24 million pounds. Yeah, Poland. they spent a lot of money on Dross. Oh, just bang average as well like, for, for the money that they're spending. However, the departures in 1920, I, I, you know, Trippier and Ericsson went for 40 million between them. Yeah, I think their net spend is like less than 100 million quid. Like yeah, in, yeah. in in like the last ten years, but yeah, yeah like they, I say, they're in this. But anyway, like you say, um, we are not the Tottenham show, but obviously, I brought us on NASA to the dash debate. Why do you think he don't he don't get included in the in these sort of jobs or or any jobs really? The only one that is he's been included in recently is a Palace job. So it, with respect, you know, it, people might see Palace as a step up and things like that because of the finances. But for me, for what he's done at Burnley, he deserves. I've always said he deserves a club that are just underneath your top sixes, so your West Ham's, your Everton's. But the thing is with Everton, they've gone down the Ancelotti route now, so people even like that... Even they're taking them to another level now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 even your Leicesters, yeah. they've gone with Brendan Rodgers. So, but I think maybe to get to that step, you might have to do a Palace and show that you can do it with finances. Who knows? It, it works the same with the players. You know, how often do they go straight to the top six without going on an in-between level first? Um, I do think that he's not brought in because let's just go back to the Super League, the top six, that we, the big six, sorry. Uh, how much have they actually won? It's a very small amount of trophies compared to what they believe they should have won anyway. And then the reason they're in that big six is because of the brand and the brand of football they play and the brand that they're selling across the world and the globe. Dash doesn't necessarily, isn't not, not necessarily going to get bums on seats. You know what I mean? Even if it's for a controversial reason, like Mourinho, you know you're not going to get unbelievable fast-flowing football with him, but he brings bums on seats because of the way of who he is. He's a brand in himself. Dash doesn't yeah. necessarily make a brand about him. Even though we know at Burnley, it's all about Mr. Dash, let's be fair. It's all about the Dash way and the Dash thing. But outside of Burnley, he doesn't really have a brand and maybe he does need to make a, a statement at a West Ham, at a Palace, to, to get recognition about what his brand is and his philosophy is. Yeah, you say that and... I agree with it. I don't think he has a brand, but I think if he did that, and I know I'm just backing up what you said here. I'm agreeing with you. But if he if he played the way that we did against Wolves yep. for someone like West Ham or even yep. Leeds or Villa, he'd be that'd be just absolute front page news. Look at this amazing dash ball, forward press. Like look at all the amount of plaudits Bielsa's lot got. Like don't get me wrong, no. I enjoy Bielsa's football, I, and and it's a similar sort of thing. But that's what Leeds do. They press from the front and they're just constant high energy levels, like we did against Wolves. People watch that game and they're, you know, drooling over it. Burnley beat Wolves 4-0 and it barely gets a mention. West Ham mentioned this on their podcast. They said um, Chris Woods scored the same amount of goals as Ant Antonio. And, and yeah, Antonio is being put on a pedestal this season as an like, unbelievable player, should have big six sack him, etc., etc., even though he's 31, I think. And uh, they're all raving about him. He says, and West Ham asked me this question, why is Chris Wood not in that accolade that, people like Antonio are getting, why the Burnley players not get the same respect as West Ham? And that was from a West Ham player. Now, the only thing with Chris Wood I could say, because if he was English, maybe he would be on that pedestal. But maybe uh, that's the only reason I can give you, but other than people don't really enjoy talking. All I, I just Burnley always people. think it's the same with Tarkovsky. It's the same with Nick Pope. It's the same with Dash. It's the same with Wood. The only thing I can put it down to, 
is they play for Burnley and people don't have much interest in Burnley. That's the only the only reason I can I can and I'm not go, I'm not going on this full anti Burnley agenda in the media sort of thing. But I just think that is the case. I just think the media don't talk about us enough, so people don't recognise these things enough, so therefore they don't get put on the pedestal enough. Yeah, no, I agree, man. This is what I'm on about, about the brand of football, Burnley. You know what I mean? It's, it's like clothes, mate. All clothes are the same, but certain brands just are more desirable than others. You know what I mean? You're paying for the same shit at the end of the day. We're all, we're all in the Premier League, but yet some people want to wear the shirt of someone else more. Um and these Americans, this is what I'm quite excited for because they seem to be quite obsessed with branding and marketing and things like that. Now, it is a gamble, uh, but me and you said on previous podcasts, it's a gamble that I feel we had to take because we would have probably yeah, been sliding down the ladder in the next year or two anyway because of the squad and the investment that we've been putting in recently. Yeah, yeah, we've had that debate, but I completely agree with that. And I'm sure if, if, we went, if we got relegated next season... A lot of sort of like small minded fans go, oh, that's because of the Americans. I know we did no, 100% not. Um, but anyway, let's move on. I, I enjoyed that uh, little digress there. Um, but as you know, it's at the bottom of your screen. Um, we do have um, sort of like a sponsor, they are Pitch Sports, and part of that contract is every single week I upload a fan time question um, to the app, they put it out there, and then you go on there and answer it, and then we read out the best responses. Every single week. Um, if we only get a few, we'll read them all out. If we get laws, we'll read the best out. Um, so this week, we're only going to read the best out. But Simon, first of all, I will ask you the question. Oh, shit. Do you think the win against Wolves has saved us from relegation? And that face is staring back at you right there. It's staring at me like that because he's saying, Simon, I know it's a bang average question, but you need to make it a good answer. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, I do think we were safe, but I said we were safe three or four games ago, even... You know, the, the results have gone uh, against us with Southampton, Newcastle. I genuinely think we're fine. And I said it to you on last week's podcast, when you're looking over your shoulder only six points away, it's a lot scarier for you than it is for the team that's below you looking six points up because they, they'll be yeah. thinking, where the fuck are we going to get nine points from? <coughs> so, yeah, yeah so I, I feel like we're all right. I think I'll say the same as I said on the watch along. We've we've now got a gap of nine points. Yeah. Um, Fulham have won five games all season. They've got, what, five, six games left around that sort of mark. Simon, he's grabbing his mouth, so I know he's checking. But they, they've got, we are nine points wow. in front of them. So they've got five games left. They've won five games all season. Out of their five games left, Fulham have to win three to catch us. It's just, just it's just not going to happen. Yeah, just, well, I, I, if if they won all, I know Pete, oh, I had this debate, we came in over there because he was like, no, our goal difference isn't that, isn't that bad compared to Fulham's. Actually, ours is better. But if we lost all three games and they won all three games, yeah, they, they, they would be, uh, the goal difference would be better because it's so small margin. So they're not going to win three games between now and then. And even if they do, are we going to not pick up a point between now and the rest of the season? I doubt that. I doubt that as well, mate. I think, you know, we've got to play Fulham. And I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm even though we're nine points ahead and I still think we're comfortably safe, I still think that game was as important to not lose as it is now because it just sets a precedence for we are. You, you don't deserve to be here for them at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, what we need to do in that game is we need to play the way that we did against Wolves, get at them early on um, and just press them high, uh, force them into mistakes because they're not that good at the back of Fulham uh, in a similar sort of manner to Wolves. So um, that's what I'd do. I'd press them high early on. And the thing that annoys me now is... Obviously, before the game, like I said, I was looking over my shoulder. Now I'm looking up. Um, but the thing that annoys me now is we threw them points away against Southampton and Newcastle. Now just we'd have six more points. We'd be we'd be genuinely looking at another top ten finish, despite everything this season. Despite another season of no investment. Despite everything in the poor start we had, we'd still be looking at another top ten finish. And I'm a little bit disappointed that we have not th well, yeah, thrown it away because of uh, them two games. But obviously, the be all and end all, the be all uh, was. Staying up and and yeah, I agree with you. Um, for me, we have managed to do that now. I know I know some fans don't like answering that and saying that, but I'm I'm pretty confident now that we're up. Um, but thank you to everyone that sent their responses in. Um, I'll give Neil Layfield a shout out. Big friend of the podcast is Neil. Um, he responds to literally. He's my biggest fan, basically. Is Neil yeah. definitely my biggest fan? Well, there's him and Lewis. You can have a fight to the death for who wants to be the biggest fan. Um, Neil says, yes, I think so. It's too hard for Fulham to catch us now. Just defy the uh, defeat against them now to make sure. Um, yeah, and I think the pressure's off us now. 
even, I think even if we lost that game, they're not going to win another two you know games. Call me sadistic, but I quite like it. Fulham got a couple of wins. Uh, Newcastle got a couple of defeats and then that last game comes back to that all-important who's going to win Tisdale yeah obviously for entertainment purposes that would yeah. be very very good but um, I'm not I'd rather Fulham go down out of them two um, if, if I could pick anybody I'd pick Brighton to have a few defeats and then yeah, Fulham to potentially I just don't know what it is with Brighton I think it's all the Jay Rodriguez bomb thing and things like that and uh, and that sort of thing's never really gone away has it so um, and I don't get this Potter Obsession that annoys me as well. He's another one. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. But yeah, he's probably he's probably been whispered on the on the on the top. Brand of football that we we referred to earlier. This brand of football which has a a high xg but very very few goals. So it is what it is. Um, Well, that's it for the um, Man United game and the pitch question. Um, I want to talk about Michael Duff. Michael Duff, massive shout out to Michael Duff and congratulations because he is, of course, the manager of Cheltenham Town uh, and Cheltenham Town had their promotion confirmed last night when they picked up a point at home um, against whoever it was at the Johnny Rock Stadium. Nice little ground for League Two, by the way. I have been when I was working for Bradford City. Um, but it was good to see Michael Duff celebrate and it was good to see the Duff dance back out again. Yeah, what a guy, mate. And you know what? He's done, he's done his managerial thing the right way. He's gone, you know, like... No disrespect to Joy Barton, I'm sure he'll probably grace his presence once again in the future. But he uh, he's gone down, made loads of noise in that division. We are more prepared for them. Remember in the playoffs last season, we're more prepared than they've ever been. We we will definitely be. I think that's just Joey's style, isn't it? Like, remember, exactly, when went, yeah. remember when he went to Scotland and they were like, "This league's going to be piss easy." But then you just you just make everybody raise the game against you, and then it ends, you end up falling flat on your face. I love Joey. But he has fallen flat on his face so many times by doing that. And he's just done it again now because obviously Bristol Rovers have been relegated. Um, and he's just done it again now. And I think just 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 learn, Joey. I love you, but just learn. Go down, go and get a job. Don't say anything. Um, and then and then you might you might even if you get relegated, it's probably not the end of the world because people won't be going, ah, oh, remember when you said this. Um, but yeah, Michael Duff, congratulations. And that's the thing, you see, that's what I'm referring to. He's done the managerial thing the right way. You very rarely hear of him. You very he's let his, he's done his talking on the pitch, as the old phrase goes. Uh, and he and he's paid off well. And do you know what? Another couple of seasons, if that if we can keep Dash for that long and he gets another promotion, who's to say that we're not his natural progression again? Yeah. Um I, I'll say it same as I say every single time. Um I think I, I wouldn't mind him at Burnley one day, um, because he knows the club. Um, very well, obviously, and even worked under Dash, and I think that's probably where he's got a lot of his inspiration from. Wade really Elliott's seen... in his team, isn't he? Didn't yeah, I didn't know that, you know, until I no, saw no. a couple of tweets off Daz Bentley yesterday. Um, I didn't actually know. Is he assistant or just a coach? I'm not sure, but I just, I just literally just seen him in the same picture. Yeah, um, but yeah, so they both they both worked under Dash. Um, oh no, I don't think Wade did, did he? Um, but uh, I know Michael Duff definitely has. Um, so it would be a nice progression. I just like you say, he needs another promotion or he needs a, another job. He needs a job at uh, he needs to do well in the championship for me uh, to move up to us. Obviously, if we get relegated next season uh, and Dash leaves uh, and he's doing all right in League One, then that might be a, a natural progression. But I do think I do. I'll put it on record now. I do think he will be the manager of Burnley one day. I think he's more more of a natural progression to us than Joey Barton is. You know, what? I think Tom Eaton said the same thing to me not long ago that. Duff or be the natural progression for Burnley one day. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, obviously, another thing I want to mention, um, I, I don't think you watched, did you watch me on the BBC? I did watch you, man. I watched it all. Did you? Did you? Uh, obviously, I was on the BBC half time. Big shout out to um, Alex and Keely for getting in touch from the BBC and asking me to be part of it. And it, and it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a good thing to be a part of. Yeah, it was, it was cool, man. It was. Great piece got a lot of respect from other fans of uh, Premier League. Just saying that we we you know we articulated it well, Burnley and Wolves. And I think I think you did, mate. I think you did a great, great job. Yeah, obviously I was on there with Natalie from No Name Never and Tony Livesey, the other Burnley fan from BBC Five Live. Um, obviously, if you didn't watch it, um, and I haven't, and you don't follow us on social media, so you didn't see it. I was on a piece at half time, sort of like chatting about the history of the football club and and the European Super League and things like that. I haven't actually, I was going to put it on the social media channels if I got a clip of it, um, an actual clip rather than a recording of the telly, um, but I haven't been able to find it yet. I think the No Name Ever crew are trying to get older one, so if they get older one, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet it and then uh, just give us a follow on social media. You can see all the social medias on the bottom of your screen now when I get rid of that. There you go. So if you don't already, you can follow us on all of them avenues. 
uh, and then you can see it that way. Um, but obviously, that's it for all the all the all the pre uh, all the sort of like old game stuff. Now it's time to start looking forward. Um, West Ham next on Monday night. Uh, it's a bank holiday as well, I think, isn't it? May Day. Um, unfortunately, I'm working, so um, watch along duties may be on our beautiful ginger co-host. Um, but um, the actual game, I know you've already spoken to. Was it the West Ham way? Which podcast yeah. was it? Yeah, the yeah. West Ham way. Um, and so I'll let you take the reins of this one again because I presume you've probably done quite a lot on that sort of like front. So what sort of thing are you expecting and what sort of things are the West Ham fans expecting? So I'll start with West Ham really because obviously we, we all know what we expect and we've all got our own opinions. But West Ham, um, do you think they'll score? They are quite concerned about conceding though. Um, we all seem to agree it's going to be a close one, maybe a one niller uh, to either side. Uh, Declan Rice is training again, so they're, they're half expecting him to be back for the game. I think that's a massive coup. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very good player. He, he's huge to that team, isn't he? and it's probably no coincidence that the dipping form has coincided with him missing three or four games. Um, I know they won one of them without him, but then Antonio's still out. I think he's out for season, actually, isn't he, with his hamstring. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, so, yeah, so hopefully... We get the thing, but they're they're quite concerned. They they've got massive plaudits for Chris Wood. They've got massive plaudits for um, who was the other one they mentioned? Forgive me, I've forgotten it. But they they were they were quite complimentary of our side. So they're not coming up here with the we are an easy three points like some probably clubs do, even though they're sitting in a, in a you know a respectable more than respectable fourth position. Um, they still have aspirations for this uh, this Champions League or Europa spot. They, you know they were yeah. quite quite uh, honest saying that you know it could be a six seven finish for them to get the Euro uh, six finish to get the Europa spot, but they asked the question of now that we are safe, do we think that we'll take our you know we're not necessarily on the beach already, but is what is the phrase that they used? And I said if you come into Burnley and expecting anything other than a rigid, well organised side, then you'd be naive. I think that even if we are comfortable. I think it'll probably enhance our game, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I, we, we are better when there's no pressure on us. Yeah. Um, so if we're coming to this game knowing that the pressure's off, I think we're more likely to press them high like we did against Wolves. Whereas I think if there was a lot of pressure on us, I think we'd more likely sit back and just hope for the best, maybe try and nick a point or, or nick a win with a set piece. I know you said a tight game, maybe 1-0. I'm thinking opposite. I'm thinking uh, maybe a both teams to score and a win for somebody. Again, yeah. I think it's one of these games that can go either way. I think West Ham... I think if Declan Rice isn't playing, I think uh, we could end up bossing that midfield. I think if he is playing, uh, I think they could end up bossing that midfield. I think the midfield is a very big factor in this game. Um, as it was in the Wolves game, I think the reason um, why a lot of people obviously took Chris Wood took the floor, it's uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but I saw a lot of them goals, as we as we were mentioning when we were doing the anal uh, analysis, is we won the ball in the midfield and then we attacked them because they were dallying or whatever. You know, obviously, you know, McNeil won it from the Triori pass. Jay won it um, for one and Jack Court won it for another one and Westy won it for one actually as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Declan Rice will be massive. Fingers crossed, you know, no disrespect to him, but fingers crossed he doesn't make it and, he, and he's still injured. But, um, but, yeah, just looking at the Premier League table now, obviously we've mentioned those. We're now in 14th on 36 points. 10 points off the top 10. Um, so that one's probably a little bit of a bridge too far. Um, but then West Ham are currently in fifth, but they've lost their last two. Uh, let's just have a look at that. They've lost the last two uh, against... Oh, it's not showing me. But they've lost the last two anyway. Um, they are in fifth at the minute, just three points. And they have a suspect sending off as well that they've appealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've appealed and they've got it back, to be fair. Um, who was that against? Was it against Arsenal? Uh, who they've lost the last game against? I'm not sure. Um, I'll just actually double-click on it and tell you. Um, so their last game was against Chelsea, um, where they lost 1-0 at home. And then before that, they lost 3-2. And they had a man set off in that game as well. Um, against Newcastle. So they are doing well, but they've lost the last two. And they've lost one of them at Newcastle, who, yeah, all right, um, they beat us and stuff. But we know that without Maximum, they're not that good. Um, so I, th I think I think we can nick it. I'm going to go probably 1-1, I think, to be honest. I think if someone's going to nick it, I think both teams are going to score. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go 1-1. I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit here. But I think I think, I think that's a, that was a good result for Burnley. They're a good side this season, as we've just said. They're fifth in the Premier League. They're knocking on the door of the Champions League, maybe even the Europa League. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them because Liverpool are directly underneath them on one point less and then underneath them is Tottenham 
on two points less. And then you've got Everton. So even Everton can catch them at, at this stage. So they could even finish as far down th- far down as eighth. Um, but yeah, it's looking like they'll probably get into Europe because Everton and Tottenham are both a little bit hit and miss at the minute. So so we'll see. But I'm going for 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, just, just a quick one before we do sign it off. You know, West Ham beat Wolves 3-2. I think they were 3-0 up. They beat West Ham 3 uh, Leicester, sorry, 3-2, 3-0 up. If I remember rightly, I think they were they're absolutely flying in both of them games. And then the Newcastle game, which I know they lost, but Craig Dawson got sent off on the 36th minute and they were still winning uh, at one point and then fucked it. So, you know, it's no disrespect to them, but Chelsea are on fire at the minute. So is that even a game that you would have thought they should win anyway? Um, with, especially with 10 men. So yeah. I don't think we can judge the last two defeats, is my point, on necessarily there being poor performances more than just... You know, bad luck, maybe. Let's put it that way. They scored the goal at two goals away at Newcastle and then and fucked it, but they spent the majority of the game with 10 men. So I don't think it's going to be an easy one. If Declan Rice is in, I think it'll be a very difficult game. If he's not in, I'm still confident that we'll get a win, but maybe 1-0. I'd hope that we can be rigid enough to keep him out. Yeah, fair enough. I think, I think we'll do a job to keep him out. I think they, they scored quite a few goals this season. Yeah. They look good going Lingard forward. Fire. Yeah, you've got Lingard on fire. You've got other players on fire as well. Who's the um sort of like the, the the midfielder that they've got? Is it Sonok? I can't remember his name. Uh, it is class anyway. Um, so there's a few dangerous players at West Ham. Um, but that's it. Unless there's anything you want to add, mate. No, I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Um, and if you if you haven't already, um, please follow us on all the social media channels. That's it for this week's podcast. It is, of course, going up early. And for those who have signed up to the Patreon account, if you if you do want to sign up to the Patreon account, it's patreon.com forward slash turfcast. It's been running across the bottom of your screen for the entire podcast. Um, so if you want to head to that, uh, please do. If you're too lazy to type it in, uh, the link is on our Twitter and on our Instagram as well. Simon, you quickly want to say something. Yeah, if you have on the Patreon account and uh, we don't already follow you, like myself included, um, send us in your handles and then we'll we'll make sure that we follow you if you're a Patreon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you to everybody for signing up already. The podcast is going out early. If you're listening to this on Thursday and you're thinking, oh, I wish I'd have had that earlier, uh, you can do, just head over to the Patreon. Um, like I said, more and more stuff will be added and more and more tears will be added as for next season. For now, it's just a case of show your support because you're grateful for the content that we've put out for the last two years. It's no obligation to do it, of course. Um, so feel free. Obviously, people can do it in certain ways. You can send your stars. And even if you don't want to do that, just shares and, and follows. They're all appreciated as well. If you are watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button because that helps the analytics fantastically. Uh, and if you haven't already, please subscribe because we are not too far away now. Um, I think we're on 449. So you can be the 450th. Um and I've said the goal recently has been a lot of we need to get to a thousand subs. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to because that's when you can monetize it. However, what I didn't realize is I think it's sort of like it's either like I can't remember exactly what it is. It's a thousand subs or forty thousand watch hours or something like that. And we're actually closer to the the, the forty thousand watch hours or whatever it is. So we look it's looking like we're going to get there first. Um, so if you've just watched this uh, all the way through, then that helps massively as well. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah. Uh, there's plenty of ways you can support Turfcast. It doesn't always have to be through a Patreon or through stars. Just likes and shares and subscribes are always appreciated as well. But thank you very much for watching. I will be doing a pre-game show this week um, because I'm not doing the watch-along. So I sort of like want to keep things sticking along. Um, the, we are doing a watch-along, though, as a page. Um, hopefully, Simon can step in. If not, Johnny and Kieran have done it before. Um, so fingers crossed for that. But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you for the West Ham game. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.